The portal giveth finally and taketh away. You are locked on UCLA, your daily podcast on the UCLA Bruins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, everybody, to this edition of the Locked On UCLA Podcast. I'm your host, Zach Anderson, Yoxheimer. Thanks for making the show your first listen each and every day. It's free where we get your podcast, and it's available on YouTube. If you're never there, you would have seen the reaction. You would have seen us talk about portal potential for UCLA football, talking about, hey, basketball's in a little bit of a tailspin, trying to get that signature win. But where we start today is, as it will be crazy through the end of December into early January, is where it's early commits, decommits, and portal gets as we see how the rosters turn over for the 2024 season in UCLA's first Big Ten season under the uncertainty that is this part of the Chip Kelly era. This episode is brought to you by LinkedIn because every potential new hire or new recruit, who knows, can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business or your team. That's why LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash college. Again, terms and conditions apply. Finally, UCLA has gotten a commit from the transfer portal. It only took eight players leaving. Took a lot of little teasing, maybe by myself and others, but finally they've gotten their first commit. And it's at a position they desperately, desperately needed a player. They already needed this specific individual, maybe not overall, but they needed a player to sign at this position before they already lost like four guys, right? Between graduation, two in the portal, three in the portal, right? It just keeps stacking up in the secondary, and UCLA gets San Diego State's Marcus Ratcliffe, who was going to be a true sophomore off his true freshman year. He was telling 24-7 sports that he committed to UCLA, telling Greg Biggins that, hey, I'm very excited to be a Bruin. Now I can focus on getting in the playbook, developing this offseason, and have a great sophomore year. He is expected to be moving into UCLA by spring ball, taking in the next quarter, and he will be getting ready for the system with the new D coordinator, whoever it may be, with a lot of time to prepare for a guy that can move around between a linebacker play, the nickel play safety. He's played mostly two levels, varying spots in in the secondary. I think UCLA would love more than anything his versatility, but needs him as a safety because the Bruins are very depleted and at corner because John Humphrey, speaking of getting guys in the portal, he, their starting DB, announced he's going in the portal. He was not at practice. I talked about that in the most recent Locked On UCL episode. He wasn't there, and Carson Steele wasn't there, but it's Humphrey's name that appears in the likes of the transfer portal. So what does that mean for UCLA? Well, Marcus Radcliffe, someone who's so versatile, who – with the main recruiter being Brian Nor- Brian Norwood going to get this kid, a sneaky guy, a sneaky good recruit. And hey, maybe the reason Michigan didn't want to play UCLA is because the Bruins in the last few years have been stealing players from the opponents they play, right? I think it was pointed out by James Williams, but easily you could see in today's day and age of college football, sometimes the best and worst thing you can do is play a game against your opponent. 
Because that means they're going to go and recruit and try and steal that guy from the other sideline. The Bruins did it with J. Michael Sertivant. They've done it with Kyle Ford. Different players going back and forth, whether it be coaching staff, whether it be players. And now for the third straight year, it's a non-conference team the Bruins have played where the Bruins take one from the opposition. Darius Musau from Hawaii. You've got Jordan Anderson, who is a one-year stopgap from Bowling Green. And now with Kamari Ramsey gone, Humphrey gone, William Nimmo gone. You've got the likes of Anderson graduating, guys who are out of eligibility, right? And now you're bringing in Marcus Ratcliffe from San Diego State. Important that the Bruins fill the position. They still need much, much more, in my opinion, just to fill the room to an adequate state of talent. But this is someone who is another guy the Bruins saw across the sidelines and said, hey, we'd like to have him. And I'm not sure how well the Jordan Anderson transfer really panned out necessarily, or just more that Kamari Ramsey won that job, and it's unfortunate that he's gone. Someone who's played safety nickel and linebacker for San Diego State, 6'3", 205 pounds, a three-star rating when he was coming out of high school, a high three-star rating, but has yet to be rated in the transfer rankings officially. I think this could be a steal for UCLA, of course, they needed to fill this position. Anybody could be getting a starting position. If you're calling, if you're looking, if you're transfer safety or corner and you're looking for a spot to play, call the UCLA Bruins, please, because they need anybody to go over there and compete for a starting job. Hopefully it's talent. Hopefully there's development. And yeah, I know there's no defensive coordinator, but if you're looking to play in LA, Pasadena, go to Big Ten country and get lots of exposure. Hey, UCLA is going to take calls, especially if you're in the portal. If you're in high school, no, no, no. That's not how the Bruins operate. We know that, right? If you're looking to go play right away, UCLA is looking for this specific spot. Now they're losing players at different positions, right? Humphrey going to the portal. Carson Steele has not been seen at the last two practices, and he just transferred in to UCLA for a season. That is a little worrying to me, considering – Kelly mentioned, Chip Kelly that is, people who are in the portal are not going to play in the bowl game. John Humphrey wasn't at practice. Next thing you know, his name pops up in the transfer portal. That's your starting DB. That's one of your starting corners. Carson Steele. I thought he could battle with TJ Harden. We'd have more fun seeing those two run the rock, battle back and forth for reps. I know he did have a little bit of a fumbling problem too. Not too crazy, but still coughed up the football a couple of times. I'd like to see more running backs get more love. And remember, UCLA is already bringing in the St. John Bosco four-star tailback coming in as a true freshman in 24. Maybe the Bruins lose Steele. That would be their ninth guy who leaves. Now there's been no report from what I've seen at this moment as to what his status is for the bowl game. He just hasn't been at practice the last couple of days. His name has not popped in the portal. There's not been any rumors of it other than There are two guys who are notably not at practice. One of them went in the portal. And if you want to kind of go by association, it would make sense. Or maybe there's another reasoning that we just don't know at this very moment. So at the moment, UCLA eight transfers out. They get their first portal commitment. And sure, there will be more to follow, right? Maybe UCLA goes after a quarterback. I've talked Grayson McCall a little bit. I've teased that name. We'll go in more in-depth analysis throughout the week. Names are slowly coming off the board, right? Riley Leonard, the worst-kept secret going to Notre Dame. 
You've got Gabriel, heck, maybe even Dante Moore to Oregon because he's supposed to be visiting the Ducks pretty soon if they want to have him redshirt after Gabriel and then play even longer in his career in what he wants to be the development stage of his college football career. Or maybe the Bruins just say, hey, we need to replenish the defense, build the offensive line, which were basically the two focus points for UCLA going forward. Have a good defense, which they had this year. Keep that going, even with the lack of a defensive coordinator. And then bring in offensive line who can pass block and then maybe rotate the guys you have now who are very good at run blocking. And all of a sudden you can maybe get an offense that's cohesive a lot more than they were in 2023. The portal giveth and so far mostly taketh away other than Marcus Ratcliffe, the first commit for UCLA, the San Diego kid went to cathedral Catholic. He's committed to be a Bruin. It could be a steal with his versatility. Now, not everybody pans out, but I would like this one to absolutely do so. It's at a position they needed it to be. Next is UCLA basketball, a tournament team. Joe Lenardi released his latest bracketology and slightly surprising where UCLA is based on what they've shown so far. And I don't want it to be like this in March, but that's kind of where things are lying right now here on Locked On at UCLA. Whether you're hiring for a small business or in some cases recruiting heavily in the transfer portal, you're going to want to have as many top-tier candidates as available to interview. That's why you should check out LinkedIn Jobs, right? While you're not UCLA hitting up the portal, if you're a small business, LinkedIn Jobs helps you have the tools to find the right professionals for your team faster and for free because it's not just another job board. A vast network of over a billion professionals making it the best place to hire. They know small businesses, LinkedIn does, wear so many hats and you might not have the time or resources to hire. So with LinkedIn, the process is intuitive, quick, and easy because they've launched the feature to help you write job descriptions, which makes the process easier and even quicker. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college. That's linkedin.com slash locked on college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. All right. All right. You know, on this show, you get a lot of in-depth analysis and hot takes, right? Well, let me give you the hottest take of the day. The best lineup in L.A. right now is the lineup at Auto Loans at Logix. They start off the top of my favorites, the proven and dependable new and used vehicle loans. You can count on these guys to give you low rates and save you big time bucks. They've got an exciting new rookie sensation in their electric vehicle loans with super low rates and flexible payment terms. Rounding out the lineup, they've got their auto refinancing loans and lease buyout loans. These guys can lower your monthly payments and get you on the road to owning your car faster. Look, I know it's a hot take, but seriously, nobody can beat the lineup at Logix. Visit your local Logic branch right here in L.A. or surrounding areas and let one of their amazing team members help you. Or just apply online in minutes at logicsbanking.com slash car. That's L-O-G-I-X banking.com slash car. All right, cruising on into segment two of the Locked On UCLA podcast. Zach with you guys, cruising on, saying, all right, let's go. Let's roll. But what's not rolling right now is UCLA men's hoops. The Bruins, they currently are not sitting pretty with what the resume looks right now. All right, eight games in. You've got 30, 32, 33 games probably to play overall. And that leaves about 24, 22, depending on the schedule, Pac-12 tournament and such, not including the NCAA tournament, to bolster your resume, to improve what you've done, to show the committee, if you want to be like the CFP committee, the eye test, whatever, yada, 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 to get into the tournament 
whether it be automatic through the tournament, winnings, winning big games to get your spot solidified. UCLA currently, I, I always like looking at Joe Lenardi. I believe he's got a good pulse on things, whether it's early or late. He has not been a lover early on of UCLA this season. He has not been, and most people have not. They've been out. They have not been in love with the Bruins, what they've shown so far preseason, coming into the non-conference, bleeding into middle December, and then into Pac-12 conference play. Why? Because UCLA in the latest bracketology release from Joe Lenardi. On the day this podcast drops, on the day this one drops, UCLA on December 12th is the first four out with their inability to beat Villanova. Their inability to beat Nova on the road has given them a 5-3 and three record, four wins over D1 teams. The best, arguably, could be the one-point win over Riverside at home. And then two squandered opportunities in Maui to beat Marquette and Gonzaga, both different games. And then another easy opportunity – I wouldn't say it was an easy game or an easy win. It's not, but a great opportunity for the Bruins to have beaten Villanova on the road, a true road win, which the Bruins do not have a true road win or a win away from home against a Division I opponent, let alone a tournament team. That's just how the schedule is shaking out, which makes this Ohio State game extremely, extremely important. The Buckeyes currently a seven seed looking to play in the West UCLA, if they can knock off Ohio State in a neutral site game in Atlanta, that would give them their first win away from home against the D1, win against a tournament team, and then get some momentum swinging their way once they turn the calendar past finals and beyond this to the next quarter, to the winter break, where they can really gel as a team, get those extra practice sessions, get those big games like Maryland at home, get the fans packed into Pauly, get them energized, hopefully with a healthy healthy Batike, or some sense of what the lineup's going to look like going forward to improve what they need to show to the committee that they can make the tournament. I'm still not sold that they will not make the tournament. I'm still believing they will. I do not believe in the current projections that they will not make the tournament. Now, based on what they've done so far with me, which means you need to win the games to get in, Absolutely. Even though the college football player proves that you don't need to win the games to get in, you can. Yeah, yeah, that's a whole different topic. UCLA currently first four out. This is what the the 16-team radius between last four buys to next four out looks like. All right. Last four buys, Mississippi State, Utah, Providence, and South Carolina. Utah just beat BYU and beat them down pretty good, held on late against a, a BYU Cougar team that was in the top 15. That's a big win. The Pac-12 had not been getting a lot of those wins, any quad one wins. Utah got one of them. New Mexico, Cincinnati, Washington. Who did Washington just beat? They just beat Gonzaga. So in a head-to-head, without playing each other, the Bruins and the Huskies, Washington got a signature win against Gonzaga, which was tough for anybody to get, but they got that at home. Then you've got Butler, who's currently the last team in. First team out, Oregon. And they've only had one game with Nafali Dante, and he put up like what? a 20-rebound or something ridiculous performance against Georgia and has not played. So they're playing without their significant, impressive big man down low in the paints and Oregon's the first team out. And who does UCLA play? The Oregon schools on the road to start Pac-12 conference play. That's what the Bruins have to get started when conference play starts at the end of December. Who is it? You get Oregon State which is a very winnable game. If the Bruins lose that, that's a tournament-killing loss. And then a chance to get in the tournament with a win 
against an Oregon on the road. That is important. And ironically, I thought this is kind of funny, Nevada is right below UCLA in first four out. And if we all forgot who coaches Nevada, none other than former UCLA head coach Steve Alford, who McCronin took the job and took the mantle after him. Then you've got Wazoo, USC, TCU, and Virginia Tech the next four out. So all these games the Bruins are going to play, the Utahs, the Colorados, the Washingtons, the Oregons, Wazoo, USC, those games are going to flip. As much as beating Arizona is almost going to pin you in the tournament, the Bruins don't get Arizona at home until the penultimate home game of the regular season. That's a lot of time between then and now, now and then between, to get to late early March because the tournament's a little bit later this year to get that big resume-boosting win. You start knocking those teams off in conference, there's plenty of opportunities for UCLA to do it. But you got to show you can do it, right, to themselves. They got to prove, hey, we got to get a win to do that, to get in. Prove you can win a late game in a tight game, not crumble when it's a 4.5 point game in your favor, have a team go on a 7-0 spurt, and they hold you off at the end. That just can't be happening right now. This is a very young team that's got to grow. They can't rebound well with their big lineup. They haven't developed a lot of consistent three-point shooting outside of the surprise Will McClendon, who's gotten that down. Stefanovic, I believe, will slowly start to knock down some clutch threes when given the opportunity late in games. He's been playing a million minutes a game when he's not in foul trouble. Hopefully Dylan Andrews doesn't get burnt out by the end of the year with Mick Cronin handing him the reins, giving him the keys to run the offense, turn the engine, get it going, and he is important. What two big games did UCLA have a lead in the second half that would completely change the situation? Who isn't on the floor during those semi-big game-changing runs for just brief moments or at the end of a part of a game. That was Dylan Andrews. I'm not saying anything to knock him. I'm talking about how important he is to this team. And Adem Bona, Mick Cronin, I talked about this in the last episode, calling him out. He needs to be a beast in the paint in every good sense of the word. Dominate down low. Now, why don't the Bruins use the rest of their bigs that they have and just kind of throw guys out there? Are they not ready between the Nubas, the Williams, everything? Cronin's got some philosophy that we would never understand with his rotation. We even saw a brief appearance of V-Day against Villanova. But at some point, UCLA is designed to play big. And if they can't do so, then they must be extremely quick, extremely athletic, and they've got to score from the outside more consistently if they've got to go small and go quick defensively. Feeble is going to play up with his athleticism in the game with Stefanovic and McClendon or a Mack or an Andrews, whatever the lineup looks like. And I want to see what the Bruins team looks like with Bona and Bedeke on the floor when he's healthy and finally in a rhythm to play the game. I'm not sure how long he will be out with his ankle injury. He suffered against UC Riverside, but clock is ticking, right? SC is a weird team. They get to play Auburn in this upcoming weekend. If the, if UCLA beats Ohio State, SC goes and beat Auburn, all of a sudden you've got some funky teams that are hovering in and near the 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 bubble, right? Literally on the line and they're going to play each other. Those UCLA SC games are almost must win for both teams at this point. Considering SC's lost to, you know, one one team from the Big West and they also lost to Long Beach State blowing a 17-point lead at home in a sold-out Galen Center. 
So UCLA can't be doing that in a sold-out Galen Center. It's only been proven twice. You can't do that in the Galen Center. The Bruins got to go get that dub this year. Can't fall to Andy Enfield and the Trojans. Mick Cronin has got to get over that bugaboo this season. Are they a tournament team? I believe so. At their best, they're a team you do not want to face in March. Even at their decent, they're a team you do not want to face because Mick Cronin has them in every game. UCLA has not been blown out. They have not been completely outworked. And if they have, the game was brought back to within a slim margin, a one-possession game, the Gonzaga game, in the final moments when they had the ball to tie the game. Right? So let's think about it. They haven't looked impressive, but they've not just been boat-raced. They have not just been completely blown out. So once they get those wins, hopefully the domino begins to fall. They figure out the roles. The rotation is set. It just hasn't seemed like a cohesive unit yet, not because the locker room's not there or anything, but these guys are young, learning to play together, learning to play college basketball, understand it, play together, play Mick Cronin's system, which is completely tougher than most, right, just because of what he demands, what he expects is senior COVID senior level, right? Fifth year extra super five years player. And he's got a lot of 18-year-olds, 19-year-olds, youngsters jumping to the next level. Players who haven't played this many minutes in three, four years due to injury. All trying to learn this at once and play together with some limitations. Rebounding the basketball at the moment. Shooting consistently overall as a team. But they're slowly building, and I believe in this team as a tournament team. Now there's, it seems like every Pac-12 team outside of Arizona will be flirting with a seven to a bubble to an 11 seed, right? Outside of Arizona, who's the number one team in the country, there's a lot of teams. There's four teams in the tournament. There's four teams currently sitting in the next eight out. Half of the the first eight out is made up of Pac-12 teams. So you're telling me UCLA and the rest of the Pac-12 could make up as many as eight bids. I don't buy that, but there's a lot of teams competing. There will be plenty of opportunity, but the Bruins have to hold serve at home. This Ohio State game serves as a big, pivotal point. They learned their lessons from Maui. They didn't get that road win against Nova, but a big game against Ohio State, a team that's sitting firmly in the tournament, is one of those games. where Remember last year, UCLA got to beat a Kentucky team and used that as a big jumping point from the November, mid-November disappointments and then just sprinted through the beginning of Pac-12 play. UCLA needs that this season. And then they can be a true tournament team, which I already believe they are. I, I certainly believe this team is. They have had very ugly moments on the court, very ugly moments, but they've had inspirational, gritty efforts that make every Mick Cronin team Every coach's worst nightmare when it comes to conference matchups, conference tournament, and March Madness. And I believe in this team to make it and do something crazy this year. Whether it's for better or for worse, I don't know. They just got to get a dub. Started with Ohio State. And now we're going to have some L.A. Bowl updates. L.A. Bowl? What's going on in the L.A. Bowl? Well, let's see. Who's playing? Everything. Potential. And Boise State, they, they named a quarterback. Who's it going to be? We'll talk about it. Next, Unlocked on UCLA. Burr, burr. I guess we kind of feel those things sometimes in California, right? Anyways, as the weather gets colder, the NFL offers stay hot on FanDuel. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets 
after winning any $5 money line bet. That's 150 bucks if your team wins. You've been thinking about joining FanDuel. There's no better time to get in on the action than right now because the app is super easy to use. A wide range of betting options available from spreads, player props, player props and over and unders. Hey, check out FanDuel.com slash locked on to kick off the NFL season. Again, that's FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel, an official partner of the NFL. All right, last segment here for the pod today. We're talking L.A. boy. Just some auxiliary, uh, an outside look. Just a, a broad look at the UCLA-Boise State L.A. Bowl game. One, how many goofy things will Rob Gronkowski do at this bowl? He was already going and getting worked up when UCLA played Arizona simply because he was there and he was at Arizona and had a great time. And he was partying on the sideline, talking to his own wildcat team of sorts and pumping them up on the sideline during the game. Now, what does this mean when he's given the green lights to go crazy, sing the national anthem, probably dance, twerk everything. Who knows what's going to happen? Who knows what Gronk is going to do? I have no idea when he's hosting his own bowl game in Los Angeles. That could be a recipe for disaster in every great sense. Is that going to be terrible for people in SoFi or terrible for people watching at home? I'll make sure both. Maybe they'll find a way to mess up with the radio feed. I don't know. But what's more importantly, hopefully, is UCLA's final showing of the 2023 season. Because nothing soured us even more in that 2022 campaign than when the Bruins blew that game against Pittsburgh, a chance to get that 10-win season that so rarely happens in UCLA history, mostly because they... Didn't play as many games as they do now. And then largely because the Bruins had a rare opportunity to get it. They did not. And again, they should have won. This one's unique. Boise State, they've been red hot. They went. They won the Mountain West Championship. They first won a tiebreaker to get in the championship game. And then they dominated and won that game. Their quarterback left. Their backups hurt. And they finally, after the interim head coach, Spencer Danielson, became the official head coach named C.J. Tiller, the starting quarterback, a freshman who gets to start for the Broncos. Remember, when you're talking about bowl games and redshirting and everything in between, bowl games count in those four games you can play. You can play a fourth game, your first game, your ninth game. You can play any four games in this season, including the bowl game, and still redshirt, which means the Gilbert, Arizona hometown kid who played his high school ball at Rancho Cucamonga. And you think C.J. Stroud, how great he's been. He played at Rancho Cucamonga. You had Jaden Daniels, this year's Heisman Trophy winner, a SoCal kid, right, from San Bernardino. You've got C.J. Tiller, a 6'1", three-star quarterback, top 20 at his position, depending on what rankings you use, against the UCLA defense that's been somewhat depleted. Their defensive coordinator's gone. Latu's not going to play. Half the defense seemingly either going to opt out or go in the portal, and there's no secondary. I couldn't think of a more dream opportunity if you're Boise State to send out your freshman quarterback against the team. Yes, I believe in Akaika Malloy's ability to call plays. Uh, I, I can't wait to see how that will look if that's his unofficial audition or official audition to be the defensive coordinator in 2024 and beyond for UCLA. I couldn't think of a better opportunity then a current team, as many teams are struggling with across the country, this isn't like a UCLA-only issue, 
who do I have at running back or wide receiver or every team has got some position group that is depleted due to either injury, the portal, or a combination of all of them. Where UCLA is currently struggling in the secondary. Which means I think this game will be a lot closer. I, I, I believe the early number is UCLA by a pair of points is what I've been noticing in a game that unfortunately might have more Boise State fans despite being in UCLA's backyard. I hope Bruins fans, knock on wood, we uh, we go change that and have a good showing in SoFi and show up in UCLA and show, hey, come on, prove that we're not terrible fans, that we love this team regardless of what's going on in the, the coaching segment and the surrounding transfer portal nonsense. Because at some point, we'll get guys in and we'll have a roster that will compete of some sort in 2024. UCLA is going to have a tough time defensively, I think. I think. Tougher than we think. It might not be as terrible as I'm feeling right now, but the secondary will be a unique struggle for UCLA, for all the guys who are in the portal, not practicing, not playing, focusing on their finals to get in, get out, and go somewhere else for their final year or more of eligibility. The safeties will be a unique spot. I wonder how many deep shots Boise State's going to dial up in the first part of the game. I would think maybe play action, and they're going to go for a 50-yard bomb down the field on their first offensive play. I wouldn't doubt that. You can bank on it. Hey, is the first play by Boise State going to be max protection, two verts, maybe a play action mixed in there, and they're going to go deep down one of the two sidelines. Whoever is the least experienced quarter playing for UCLA, they're going to go after him, and they're going to throw a deep vertical shot and go for a home run hit on their first offensive play. That is my bet for this game. Now, I think the Bruins will settle in defensively, but it's looking a bit dicey right now defensively at some parts. I know the linebacking crew is pretty intact right now. I'm wondering if there will be any other changes for the D-line for UCLA prior to the game happening. But with Ikaika Malloy calling plays, that's what he coaches. I think they'll be geared up and they'll be throwing a lot of pressure in at a freshman quarterback that could negate anything and any weaknesses, any glaring mistakes the secondary might make just from inexperience and lack of playing time over their careers or this season for UCLA. So that's the thing. Boise State announcing a freshman quarterback. The Bruins losing just about everybody in their secondary. Not entirely true. I know that. Jalen Davies, all these guys, they're still important pieces that need to develop for future years. But Humphrey, Ramsey, you're going to be losing guys in the future, right? And, of course, I'm thinking like, oh, these guys are graduating. There's still players available. I just think on the outside in the corners, UCLA might be a little vulnerable. And we'll see how that goes for UCLA. Unless, hey, first play is a pick. I'm excited. Go blow out the Broncos and go beat up some Mountain West Pac-2 teams because they're going to merge probably in the next year and beat the beat Boise State. Go beat Fresno next year and lay the beat down for all these teams. Get a win and end the season with eight wins with some momentum heading in the offseason. All right. First portal commit. UCLA's got a big game coming up to – bolster their resume that they're not currently in the tournament without any help. And then, hey, football, they know who they're going against on the other side in terms of a quarterback. Probably more portal craziness to happen soon, which is why you should sit here with Locked On UCLA. Subscribe, like, comment, review. Thanks for your support. 
and we're going to love it all just the same, right? Hands up, Bruins fans. Zach signing off. Eight clap time, baby. And one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. U C L A. UCLA fight, fight, fights. This has been Locked On UCLA. Go Bruins.